This is the Big Church Podcast. How many are excited about going on with this sermon series we're having in David? You know, well, I, David is such an interesting guy in the Bible. You know, I said last week, there are so many stories about him and so many applications. And honestly, as I'm researching this, we could probably talk about David till November sometime because there's just so many things about them. But in 1985, in a place called Rupp Arena, any Cats fans in the house? Okay. In a place called Rupp Arena... There was number eight seed, if you know anything about basketball, Villanova met Georgetown for the national championship. Villanova was a nine-point underdog, one of the biggest uh, point spreads to be an underdog in that particular game. And they were a really big underdog. And as we learned about David last week, you know, David was, uh, he was chosen, but he wasn't picked. He was invisible and he was insignificant because he wasn't called to the party when his dad called everybody in. And he was labeled. But here's what I want to, this, the title of my message today is Underdog to Under God. Oh. Underdog to Under God. And let me just tell you a story this morning. Y'all like stories? Yeah. Okay, let me just tell you a story and I'll paint this picture as much as I can. Has anyone in here not heard the story of David and Goliath? All right, y'all have already heard this. Well, I'm going to try to do it a little better today. But they have two armies that are standing, one on one side, one hill, and another on the other hill. And down in between was a valley called Eli. And basically, they stood up there, and, and there was no action going on. There was nothing going on. They were just standing up there. And what happened is each day, this huge man called Goliath went out into the middle of that thing, and he said this. He said, Let me just tell you a little bit about Goliath, first of all. These ceilings are 13 feet tall. Goliath was not, they said he was around 9 foot 7 inches tall. His armor weighed, as much as I weighed, 125 pounds. I knew y'all would get that one in just a minute. Prophesying right now in the name of Jesus. No, I don't want to be 125 pounds. Good Lord. Okay, here we go. His spear, his spear, his spear was 12 feet long. Think about this. And just the head of the spear that he had weighed 15 pounds. So you try to think about throwing something that big, you would have to be a massive man. So what he did is he stood out there for 40 days and he, he, he cursed God and he cursed the God of the Israelites and, and he called them a bunch of cowards. He says, hey, listen, you guys, nobody wants to come out here and fight me. He said, what I'm looking for is someone to choose one man out of the army and come out here and find me MMA style. Right, Nathan? He said, I'm looking one-on-one. We're not going to have no armies involved. I just want you to choose one man. And you know what? Maybe there's a circumstance or maybe there's a situation and maybe there's a person that stands before you each and every day and talks you. He starts talking to you. He gets into your mind. And you know what? Let me just tell you what happens. They are sent by the enemy to discourage you, to distract you, to intimidate you, and to block you from where God wants you to be. He stood there all day long, and people started to meditate, and they started to focus on who he was instead of who God was. When you focus and you meditate on, the, on Goliath's size and how well-armed he is and, and how seemingly insurmountable and unbeatable he is, what you do is when you do that, you start making Goliath a God in your life. You start making that problem a God in your life. 
You start making that circumstance or that situation a God in your own life. Let me, maybe Goliath has been standing in your family for generations. Maybe Goliath has been taunting your family for generations. Maybe poverty is your giant. Maybe you were raised in a home that didn't have anything, and all of a sudden you have a mindset to say, I'll never have enough or I'll never be able to do enough. Maybe that generation stands there. Maybe there's rejection and there's fear, the fear of the unknown and the fear of failure and the fear of the past stands in you. And maybe there's just that big unidentified giant. Come on. Anybody got an unidentified giant in their life right now that sometimes we don't really, we can't really put a name on it or we can't really put a label on it, but that giant is standing there and he's calling your name and he's talking to you each and every day. The problem though today has found a solution. Let me tell you what the solution is. I put a question mark. I meant to have it up there. I didn't. The problem has found a solution. The solution was a 15 to 17-year-old boy. That doesn't sound like much of a solution, does it? He's a shepherd boy. He has no battle experience, and he's sent out to feed his brothers. And this doesn't really look like a solution to this problem. But what happens is the underdog is about to show up. He comes on the scene, and he sees what's going on. And let's chart here in 1 Samuel 17, 26. It says, David comes on the scene. He says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him. What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? And he takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I like Michael Todd. He said, he come out there cussing him. We didn't even know that was a cuss word. But who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who comes out and defies the armies of my God? He gets mad. Verse 28. And Eliab, his older brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger, I put slash jealousy, was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? you got to understand, just a few months before this, David had been picked as I talked last week, in front of his brother. And Eliab was the oldest one. So here he has to come up, and David walks up on the scene. He's like, hey, guys, what's going on? We're sitting here listening to this guy for 40 days, and he's cussing God, and he's doing all, and you're standing over here. And Eliab's like, listen, little man, you need to shut up. You need to go back into the pasture. You need to go watch your sheep because that's what you're made to do. Why did he come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride. Eliab was talk, trying to transfer something over to David. I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down here to see the battle. And I love verse 29. This is going to be a message for maybe a few weeks from now. And David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? He stands up in the middle of men. He's like, is there not something worth fighting for? You're standing out here letting this guy talk, and he's talking smack, and he's doing all this stuff. He's cussing God. Is there not a worth, something worth fighting for? And what happens is, is word gets to the king. Anytime you do something and there's something different about you, word will get to the king. Anytime there's something to get you where you're standing out and you're doing more and more, God and the king will hear about it. I love this. Obedience, excellence, and good character will put you before kings. You can try to figure it out. You can try to do it in your own way. You can get your own thing. But when the influence of God comes over you, he's going to put you in positions that you could not have put yourself into. And there's where David is. Before too long, you know, here he is a, a shepherd boy. Here he is a nobody. And here just a few months later, he's getting ready to stand before the king. Verse 33. And Saul, the king, said to David, You are not able to go 
against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David, I love it. I always like those butts. But David said to Saul, your... All right, y'all. Easy. David said this. I love it. Your servant used to... Say used to. Keep the father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came, it took the lamb from the flock. I love those words. It, I used to be a shepherd. He was prophesying into his future. He said, what I used to be is not who I am now. I used to be depressed, but, you know, now I'm happy. I used to be hurt, but now I'm healed. I used to be rejected, but now I feel like I fit in. I used to be bitter, but now I'm better. You got to start prophesying those things into your future. I used to keep the sheep, but my time as a shepherd was not a waste. I'm going somewhere with this. I used to be this, but the time that I wait, the time that I had to go through was worth something. God does some of his best work in Proverbs. He was prepared in the pasture. He learned his skill. He learned how to focus, but most of all, he learned how to trust God. The bear and the lion were only a preparation for the giant. Verse 35, listen to this. David's talking to the king. And I went out after it, and I struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard. Man, wouldn't you like to just snatch up a lion or snatch up a bear by the beard and just say, come on? That would be MMA style right there, ripping a bear apart. He said, I caught it by the beard and I struck it and I killed it. I like this. He went out after it. But David, you've got thousands of lambs. What is, what, why, why does that one matter? David, you've got so many lambs that why would you even worry about one of them when you've got so many? He didn't just cut his losses. A lot of times we just cut our losses. We figure, well, there's just so much. Or someone used to come to church or someone used to be on my radar. Someone used to this. I don't think I'm not going to worry about calling them or talking to them. or being. We can't just cut our losses. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost, which is singular. He didn't cut his losses with you, did he? He could have said, you're too bad. You're no good. You're never amount to anything. I'm not going after you. But Jesus came after you and David went after the lamb. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both, a lot of scripture here because he has to tell the story. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me, he already knew who his help came from, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. There are giants, there are weapons, and there are enemies. They come at us. Satan is that same old enemy, and here's what he does. He dresses things up differently to look like a different giant at any time. He's still the same old enemy. He's still the same old lion and bear and Goliath and crucifixion and temptation and persecution. He's still all that stuff, but he dresses it up to make it look like something different to make another Goliath in your life. But no matter the giant, the good news is that under God, you are never the underdog. Under God, you're never the underdog because he is with you. David's attitude is this. I love David's attitude. He says, he's bigger, 
He's stronger? No. He said, my God, sorry, is bigger, and he's stronger, and he's more victorious, and Goliath is a big target. How could I miss? What kind of attitude would that be? Instead of looking at it, your giant being nine foot seven inches tall, maybe you can look at him and say, my God, that's my opportunity to be able to hit my giant because I can't miss because he's so big. Verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze medal on his head, and he clothed him in a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, and he tried to walk. I mean, he's trying to walk around this stuff, and here's this little 15-year-old boy. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. You cannot go in someone else's armor. And you can't wear something that don't fit. You can't go in someone else's anointing. You can't go with someone else's talent. You can't go with someone else's stuff. You have to be you. God has equipped you with what you need to go. you got to be authentic, and you have to be you. The Bible says you're fearfully, and you are wonderfully made. He didn't make someone else to do your job. David realized who was with him, who, who he was, and who, who was with him. Verse 40. Then he took his staff. This is going to be good, hopefully. Then he took his staff in his hand. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had had. And the sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistines. Here he was, prepared to fight a warrior. Question mark. Well, let me take an inventory. I got my stick. I got my slingshot. And I got my rocks. Does that really sound like a, a, a very good inventory for someone who's about to fight a nine foot seven man of war? Me, I'm going to be like, hey, God, can I get an AK? Dude, how about a, how about a 50 cal or something like And dude, let, let me just ask you, God, please, let me walk out there with a flamethrower in case he starts. I'll be shooting a flame all over him and burn him right up. That would be who I was. But David walked out there with a staff in his hand. He walked out there with a slingshot in his hand. He walked out there with five smooth stones. But he already had everything that he needed to fight and win this battle. Here's what he'd done. He had fine-tuned his skills in the pasture. He had fine-tuned what God had given him in that secret place. But here's what he did with that stick out there when nobody was looking. He went all ninja with that stick. He was flipping it around, and he was like going behind his back, and he was like, come on, come on, Goliath, I'm about to smack you down with this stick. He learned how to throw rocks like a boss when nobody was looking. I remember growing up, I was the older brother. My little brother said, wonder he's alive, because I learned how to throw rocks good, and I remember one time I was practicing. Listen, before they had Nintendo, before they had all of these games, we used to throw rocks and get really good at throwing rocks. And my little brother took off running from me one day, and, and, and I was pretty good at throwing rocks. And I turned around, and I went, whew, it was like, doo, 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 boom. <laughs> Didn't really bother me until blood started spurting out all over the bank. And I said, my mom is about to kill me. But I got good at throwing rocks because there, I had time to prepare myself where I was at. But most of all, what he learned is he learned to depend on God. The, re- the season that you're in, listen to this, right now will produce the weapon that you're going to need in the future. 
That's Michael Ty. I stole that from Michael Ty. The season you're in right now is going to produce the weapon you need for the future. The season of preparation for David was about to pay off for him. Listen to this. David goes up and he says, you know what? I got all my stuff. I got all my inventory. I'm better word. And he starts going out to the middle of the field to meet the giant. So giant standing there and he sees a 15-year-old little boy coming at him. He's like, what? You mean all y'all big guys over there and you got to send a kid to do a man's job? All y'all can send out. He was not only, he laughed a little, but then he got mad. He's like, am I not, am I a dog? That you would send a boy out to fight the battle for me? But what he did is he underestimated who was about to walk over there and fight him. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, I like it. You come with me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. It's not what you got. It's not how big your sword is. It's not how big your javelin is. It's not how, how heavy your spear is. Don't come in the name of your experience and your talent and your position. Don't place your hope in what you can do because it's going to let you down. It's not what you got. It's who you got. And when you forget about that, a lot of times we end up where we can't fight a battle on ourselves because we forget who is on our side. I come at you in the name of the Lord. His name changes everything. You want to change a situation? Start calling on the name of Jesus. His name changes everything. You got a situation or a circumstance in your life? His name changes everything. He takes, he's about to take this little underdog and make him the top dog. Listen. Verse 46. This day the Lord, I love this. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And I will strike you, and I will say, take your head. head. Remember that. Take your head from you. And this day I will give your carcass to the king. He says, I'm going to let the birds eat you up. Here is David, and he's talking smack to the giant. You know why? Because David knew he was not alone. He could talk smack when you got your big brother on your backside, right? Come on. Anybody out there, you ever notice that I remember growing up, there was this boy that I think he failed the, uh, he failed the seventh grade four times, and, and we were all fourth and fifth graders, and he just beat us up, and he was mean to us, and he was, he was just a big bully. But I remember that when he finally made it to high school, we got there to go into high school. He's a freshman. He probably should have been a senior by then. But I had a big cousin who was bad, and he said when he gets to high school, you point him out to me. Oh, me and my little cousin, me and my little cousin walked down the hallway, bold as we could be, bold as lions. And he was standing there, and I said, that's him right there. Of course, Greg was standing right back here behind me. But that will tell you something. When you know who's on your side, you don't got to worry about what giant is standing in front of you. Once that, once that boy found out that, that he was not, no longer going to be intimidated, he was in an element that was outside of his, he never bothered us again. God is on our side. Verse 48, he said, So it was when the Philistine arose and he came and he drew near to meet David. I like this. David hurried and he ran towards him. He didn't say, oh my gosh, that dude's big. Wow, look at that sword. I don't know if I can handle this or not. No, it says David took the initiative. 
And he ran towards him and he hurried towards him. Sometimes I think we stand back too much and we allow the enemy to intimidate us. We allow him to look at us and, and we see the enormity of him. And we go, oh, I'm standing freezing and I'm actually shrinking back. I can't go. I don't think I can go that way. David said, listen, I got God on my side. I don't have an AK, but I got God. Then David, 49, he put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it. And he struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell to the earth, fell on his face to the earth. He was skilled. He had learned his skill in private. But sometimes you just got to sling it out there and you got to trust God to take care of it. Sometimes you, the, all the preparation in the world, all the things that you've done to make it happen, it takes faith to sling it. When he started winding up, he was going, we will, we will rock you. Not really. Can you imagine? Queen playing while David is slinging that thing around. I'm going to rock you, buddy. You're about to get it. Because he had confidence that that stone, when it left that sling, was going to land exactly where God wanted it to land. The giant ain't that big when you're standing over him looking down at him. A lot of times too much what we're doing, we have giants of addiction and fear and rejection. And we stand here and we look up at it all the time and say, there's no way I can do it. And God said, if you'll just sling your faith out there, if you'll just throw that stone, I'm about to make you stand over that giant and you're going to look down on him. But listen to this right here. Listen to this. Verse 50 in the NLT. So David, yeah, the NLT. He's not quite as spiritual as the new King James, but we're okay. Here we go. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. For what? He had no sword. A few verses back, he said, not only am I going to kill you, I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to carry your head around. At that time, he had no sword. Watch this. The giant, and David ran and he pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. And David used it to kill him and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw this, their champion was dead. They turned and ran. The giant's weapon of destruction was used against him. Listen to this. God will equip you with everything that you need to fight the battle. God will use that thing that the devil tried to kill you with to be your weapon. When I think about, when I think about Kagan's story, the thing that, that was going to destroy him, God has used it as a weapon to help other people out there fight the battle that they're fighting through. That thing that you think that there's just no way God could ever use this, I'm telling you right now, God can use that thing that was going to destroy you to be that very thing that you can help someone out. Remember this, God's weapons, they don't look like man's weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, but they're spiritual. What you have now in your hand is your weapon. Your story is your weapon. Your testimony is your weapon. Your experience is your weapon. That thing that you thought was going to kill you is your weapon. God takes the ordinary and he makes it extraordinary. How does the story end? 
Well, the story ends this way. There's a boy who went out to fight a giant, and he took a god with him, and he triumphed. Villanova took down Georgetown that day uh, in 1985. They said it was impossible that they would ever win, but they were giant killers, and the underdog became the, the victor victorious one. I'm going to close right here with these quotes. What's coming at you isn't greater than what's coming out of you. If there's a Goliath in front of you, there's a David inside of you. Listen, we got to understand, we're going to face giants every day. We're going to face everything that we're going through right now every single day. But when you know that you have a David inside of you, you can face that thing with the confidence knowing that. As we get ready to close right now, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. We're going to do something different. I'm not closing this service talking about our giants. I could close and say, well, we got to talk about our giant of fear and, and rejection and how we can overcome it. We're not going to talk about our problems, our giant problems, or our giant past that keeps coming at us. Let's talk about the one that's on our side. Let's all stand. Leave the lights on just for a moment. We're going to talk about the one that's on our side. And he is undefeated. If he is for us, then who can be against us? Come on. Come on. God is the one that goes for before you. And God is the one that fights your battles for you. He is our refuge. And he is our strength. He's an ever-present thing in a time of trouble. We want to talk. We can talk about all of the problems and all the things in our life. But when we understand, like David is, who our God is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because my God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. They lead and they guide me. The most effective weapon the enemy has against you is this. Is you not even showing up to the battle. If he gets you out of the battle before it ever starts, there's nothing, that he, there's nothing you can do. This morning, I'm going to ask you to do this. If you want to come to the front, if you don't raise your hands in the back, we're about to fight our battles a different way. This is how I fight my battles. I fight my battles with praise. I fight my battles with worship. I fight my battles with faith, and I'm about to sling my faith out there. I'm believing the giants are going to fail, are going to fall this morning because we're fighting our battles a different way. Who's with me? Come on. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I we hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.